Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the power of a vow. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. It is the 25th of July, 2022. We're almost at the end of July, y'all, and I am kind of on the fence on whether I'm excited about it or not because starting next month my children they go to a private school they'll be starting school up again and I'll start driving my school bus which kind of means no more summer vacation for us but I am also excited because that also means that we will be getting an extra paycheck from me which isn't very much for driving a school bus but it definitely helps to tide us over month to month so Super excited about that. I don't know what you, what you guys have been doing for your summer vacation, but I hope that you have been having a blast. I've just been enjoying spending time with my family, really. Now, today's tour portion is actually a double portion. We've got Matot, which means tribes, and Mas'e, which means journeys. You will find the Torah portion in Numbers chapter 30, verse 2, to chapter 36, verse 13. It sounds like a lot, but it's actually not too bad. It's it's pretty much around the same amount as last week, I believe. And considering it's actually two portions instead of one, not too terrible. And it actually has a really uh, interesting things in it. Ben and I had a really good conversation about it. The half Torah portion is Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1 to chapter 2, verse 28, and chapter 3, verse 4. The Brit Hadashah is Matthew 5, verses 33 to 37, and it really coincides with what the Torah portion talks about, which I'm actually going to be discussing today, the power of a vow. So when you get into the Torah portion for this week, the first chapter, chapter 30, is talking about vows. And I don't know about you, but like, I never thought vows were really that big of a deal until we did this marriage conference at a church that we used to attend before we became Messianic had, um, by Jimmy, Jimmy Evans. And it was the, the thing that really stood out to me that I still remember to this day was talking about vows. So before we get into that, I'm going to go ahead and, t- um, go to chapter 30 and read to you this chapter. So verse one. Moses spoke to the princes of the tribes of Benai Israel, saying, This is what Adonai has commanded. Whenever a man makes a vow to Adonai or swears an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he is not to violate his word, but do everything coming out of his mouth. If you recall, when Judah had set aside his daughter-in-law because his two sons had died, and uh, I believe her name was Tamar, I could be wrong, don't quote me on that. Once again, I'm not a scholar and I don't retain knowledge too well, but I do remember the story. And so because she knew that he was basically setting her aside and leaving her at her um, father's home and that his third son, he would never give to her. um, (laughs) She dressed up as a prostitute, met him at the city gates and coerced him, uh, you know, not coerced him, but he decided to sleep with her and He couldn't pay her because he didn't have any money. So she said, all right, well, give me your pledge. So he gave her his pledge and his staff and I think something else. And um, that was his vow that, yes, I will make this right by you. But uh, (laughs) 
Then Tamar became pregnant and Judah thought that she was going to be stoned to death because she had, you know, basically been sleeping around without being married. And then she showed the pledge and he was like, wow, she's a worthier person than me because she has done the honorable thing. If you want more about that story, you are going to have to read that one yourself. So just look that one up. Now, verse three, suppose a woman in her youth vows to Adonai or obligates herself by a pledge in her father's house. If her father should hear her vow or her pledge with which she obligated herself and her father says nothing to her, all her vows and every pledge by which she has obligated herself will stand. But if her father should forbid it on, forbid it on the day of his hearing, none of her vows or pledges by which she has obligated herself will stand. Adonai will forgive her because her father has forbidden her. Suppose she should marry after her vow or a rash promise of her lips by which she obligated herself. Now, if her husband hears about it, but says nothing to her on the day he hears about it, her vows will stand and her pledges by which she has obligated herself will stand. But if her husband should hear about it and on the day he hears it, he forbids it, he thereby nullifies her vow and her rash promise by which her lips have obligated her and Adonai will forgive her. Any vow or obligation of a widow or a divorced woman will be binding on her. I believe that's because there's no headship. There's nobody covering her. And because of that, she's going to have to be responsible for the words coming out of her mouth. Okay. If in her husband's house she vowed or obligated herself by pledge under oath, and her husband should hear it and say nothing to her, not, not forbidding her, all her vows and every pledge by which she has obligated herself will stand. But if her husband should nullify them on the day when he hears of them, nothing from her lips, whether vow or pledge, will stand. Her husband has nullified them and Adonai will forgive her. Her husband may ratify or veto any vow or sworn oath to deny herself. But if her husband says nothing to her from day to day, then he is confirming all her vows and all her oaths that are on her. He confirms them by saying nothing to her on the day of his hearing about it. But if he nullifies them after hearing about it, he will bear her guilt. These are the statutes that Adonai gave to Moses relevant to relationships between a man and his wife, as well as between a father and his young daughter still living in his house. Then we're going to go over to Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 to 37, which is the Brit Hadashah. As you know, I like to read from the Tree of Life version. That's what I'm reading from. So Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 to 37 says, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall carry out your oaths to Adonai. But I tell you, do not swear at all, not by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. But let your word be yes, I'm sorry, let your word yes be yes, and your no, no. Anything more than this is from the evil one. So I, there's a lot to take from this because when I went into this initially to the marriage conference and he was talking about vows and I'm thinking, who in the world actually makes vows nowadays? The reality is we do almost on a daily basis and we don't even mean to. I did not understand, one, the power of a vow and how much baggage you can actually carry your whole life because of vows you may have made previously like when you were a child. For instance, when my father would spank me as a child, I vowed I will never ever spank my children. That would be a vow when you say I'm never going to do this or I always, I will always do this. 
you are dealing in absolutes. And absolutes, a lot of times, are vows. Not always, but a lot of the times they are. You could simply look at somebody, you're eating at a restaurant, you look over and see these kids who are behaving terribly, and you're thinking, I will never let my kids act this way in public. That's a vow. You just made a vow saying you're never going to do something. I'm just kind of pausing to give you a minute to think about like, what in your life have you done? Because there are a lot, those two instances are, are definitely instances for me. There are definitely situations that I have uh, had to deal with in my own heart. I know, for example, like with my husband, his parents, when they were still together and they weren't divorced before he was eight years old, they fought and they fought violently. And one of the vows I feel like he might have made, and I think we've discussed it, but it's been many years, is that he's never going to argue with the person he gets married to. And so for the first couple of years of our marriage, he tended to step on eggshells around me. And whenever we would disagree about something, he would quickly fold and just agree with me on whatever it was because he didn't want to fight. He didn't want to have the same issues that his parents did. He never wanted it to get to that point. Because of that, he decided this is where I'm putting this line and I'm not going to allow myself or even her to cross it. And I think that we do that in our everyday lives, whether we recognize that we do it or not. And I think it's really important to understand the power of a vow in our lives because you could actually cause serious harm to yourself and to the others around you because of promises that you have made recently or earlier in your life that you haven't even thought about, but your subconscious mind is reacting or using that as a reason to act the way that you do in certain circumstances. And it's so important for us, I think, as believers to be cognizant and understanding of why we do the things we do. Because there's a lot of things like, if you meet me in person, I really hope that you leave talking to me thinking, wow, she's kind of weird and quirky, but I like her. <laughs> I hope that's the way you think of it. I am not, an, I don't like to be called normal. I don't like to be called this, you know, status quo, because I'm not. I'm a unique child of the most high God. And so are you. But I will say that some of my eccentricities or quirkiness that some people might call it, tend to be connected to my own personal baggage. And the same could be true of you and anyone else that you may meet. And that's something that we have to keep in mind when we're dealing with somebody, because there are definitely certain instances where you might be talking to somebody and they might get angry at you for saying something that in your mind is like, why are they getting angry about this? But the thought is maybe... They made a promise to never say something like that, to never do something like that, to not discuss something like that to themselves or to somebody else. And now you've crossed that line. And maybe that's the way that they're, they're, they're reacting that way. It could be. You never know um, what's going on in another person's mind. Even if you're trying to think from their perspective. But I think that it's really important that we do remember that one of the negative instances or examples or I think our vows, 
there, it was one of the things that, you know, Jimmy Evans was really, really talking hard about because you think it's not a big deal, of course, until it becomes a big deal. And the Bible backs it up. God doesn't want us to make vows. He certainly doesn't want us to make, you know, these kind of, you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna be rash, make a rash promise with my lips that I can't back up later, which for me is a lot easier to follow, I think, than my husband, simply because of the way that we were raised. For my grandfather, who was not a believer, his biggest thing was integrity. And with integrity means that your yes be yes and your no be no. So if you say that you're going to do something, then you better follow through and do what you say you're going to do. Otherwise, you've broken your promise and you have shown that you do not necessarily have a high standard of integrity. And that's why it's kind of dangerous to make promises because it's very easy for you to make a promise that can be easily broken. And I think that's important, especially as a parent, to remember that too because a lot of times we'll promise our kids to do something and then we'll forget. And then, of course, because they remember everything, they will remind you. And sometimes it's not financially possible at the time that they remind you. Sometimes it's something that you may have just said at the spur of the moment. And it was something that, yeah, I think we can definitely do this. I promise we'll, we'll definitely do this. And then later on, you realize, sorry, guys, we, we really can't do this. I can't, I you know, we can't go to the mall today. We can't go to the aquarium today. We can't, you know, I'm sorry, I can't take you to your friend's house because I have a previous engagement. I have a, another appointment that I've got to go to and I can't take you. So it's, it's really important. And it's something that I learned because I don't know if you noticed, but I talk fast. And so it's a lot easier for somebody who talks quickly or fast to say something that they don't necessarily mean or to promise something that maybe they end up not being able to follow through on. I know I did not take this to heart when I was a kid. In fact, it was funny. My sister and I were total opposites when, when like my mother would tell us, okay, it's your turn to go clean out the dishwasher. I would say no. And then I'd go do it. My sister would say yes. And then she wouldn't do it. So it, it, we were definitely polar opposites, but you know, in, in one regard, it's like, okay, well, I'd rather the person actually go do it, even if they tell me no, and then they go do it versus somebody say, yeah, yeah, I'll absolutely do it. And then they don't fall through on it. But the reality is we need to be the type of person who says, yes, I'll do it. And then we actually do it. We follow through on what we said we're going to do. Right. So the reality is I need to not be like myself and not be like my sister in those situations and be a mixture of the two say yes, like my sister, and then do it like I would do it. I'm sure that you have examples in your own life that you can look to where you're like, oh yeah, like maybe that's a, that's, maybe that was a vow. Maybe that was something that, um, I shouldn't have made a promise to do. My point is we just really need to be super extra careful about what comes out of our mouth. You know, it's kind of like that whole analogy with the toothpaste. I'm sure some of you parents have told your kids before, you know, you take some toothpaste out of the uh, toothpaste holder, whatever the heck you call it, you know, and you put it out on a plate and tell them to go ahead and try and put it back into the toothpaste container. And they're like, well, I can't. We're like, yeah, well, the same is true of your words. Once they're out there, they're out there. 
So I think that's kind of just something that, you know, God's trying to remind me of as well, you know, to stop and think before I speak. Because you don't know the kind of damage that you could be causing somebody else with your words. And you also don't know what kind of baggage somebody else might have due to vows or something else that they have placed upon their own life. I think that's really what I want to come across with today in my podcast. Because speaking life over your family and yourself is so much more important and so much better than I think you can agree speaking death is. So the next time you catch yourself saying, I will never do that, or that's something I always do. I, I, you know, I never, I don't know, whatever it is that you may do, but, you know, I always collect the eggs, you know, I don't ever say that I don't do it. I always do that. I'm always going to be the one collecting the eggs from the chickens. I don't know. I'm thinking of that because I could see a chicken outside my window. I'm sure you can think of a better example than what I'm thinking of, but let us all be careful with our words. And I think the beginning of that is being careful with our thoughts because the words that come out of our mouth almost, almost always come as thoughts first. I do want to apologize. I don't know if you caught it a couple weeks ago. I actually tried to do the video on Spotify with my podcast and I have no idea if it worked or not. You're certainly welcome to leave me a message and let me know if it did. But honestly, it was a little too complicated. Maybe if I actually had a producer, I'm literally doing this all on my own. So I am, as my husband say, not as tech savvy as I should be because of my, um, even based on my age, um, I kind of an old, I'm an old person and I'm not super tech savvy, (laughs) um, which reminds me if you do leave me a message and I message you back, you message me and I don't message you back right away. It's not because I've forgotten you. It's probably because I think I've left a message in my head and I didn't actually write it down or type it or text it or message you back. So I am trying to get a little bit better about that. But as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with ironic benediction. It's a blessing that I, I want to speak over every person who listens to this podcast so that they may have a good week, a good month, a good year, so that they can remember how much Adonai loves you. Ivarek Akadonai Vaishmareka Yaerdonai Panavaleka Vehuneka Yasadonai Panavaleka Vesunleka Shalom. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Shalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. I pray that you have a great week. Shavuot Tov. And I hope that you will tune in again next week. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM three at protonmail.com. That's E is an echo. L is in lemur. M is in Mike. M is in Mike. M is in Mike. The number three at protonmail.com. You can also leave me a one minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash 
Erica LaCasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.